Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. We're on Gadigal land, part of the Euro Nation, and want to start with acknowledging our respect for elders past, present and emerging, and our gratitude and respect for the care of the land for thousands of years. Now to the podcast, I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall and joined by James Hancock. Great to be here with you, Rhonda. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Good. Coming off a pretty light week with Australia Day still stuck in that public holiday. Yep, absolutely. But we're back in. Now, what are we talking about today? Hopefully, we'll keep talking about that before next year, too. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we should. We shouldn't just try and rush to the topics. That is the topic that's important. Yeah, um, and we talk about it in January every year, which is a bit late. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about it in February and March so that it can be solved before January and get a better date. Anyway. Agree. Hashtag change date. Done. Don't and we did it in, and we did it in February, so it's perfect. Nailed it. Now we have to put forward. Anyway, yep. back to our topics for today. We've got three big topics. First one yep. is uh, Australian identity, yep. as reflected perhaps um, with Australian of the Year. I think there's some really good lessons and insights and, and also some inspiration in there this year, as there always is. But um, let's have a look at that. Second topic is really interesting. It's about what is great comms mm. and is people's needs for rapid gratification, constantly distracting yep. messaging. And you described it as a... Yeah, I read an article, super random um, spot for it, but out of the US, actually, um, as some of my flow of info comes from now, but um, called the hedonic treadmill. And it's this idea that you've got this baseline and there are things that happen and you're on this treadmill, you get some gratification. It's fairly short-lived you pat yourself on the back you move on again and then you go back to the baseline mm. and it sort of went well, to yeah things we've spoken about it's a good about. conversation for mm. leaders it's a good conversation for people who are in charge of culture and communication yeah because we're doing more and more and more of it and I'm not sure more and more and more is better I reckon less and less and less would be better but happy to yeah, talk to you that you and me aren't really email people but nah okay, <laughs> just send me push notifications everyone that will make me suitably short-term gratified. Let's have a talk about that. And then Done. the last thing we want to go back to is what we wrote a blog on last week Yep. Um, on woke leadership versus actual social change. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and whether that's small inside your organization, whether that's big out to society. Yep. Um, thank you so much. Everyone's feedback for that blog was exceptional and we were, um, yeah, very touched by that. It was actually very lovely. Uh, but we just want to go back to that and talk about some really great work and all the really fabulous examples of people who are actually creating enormous social change in a great way. Love it. Australian of the Year, let's go there first. So uh, Australian of the Year, Taryn Brumford, hmm. created for the first time in a long time, we have had a string of very, very socially popular choices for Australian of the Year for a number of years, haven't we? Yeah. And and all of a sudden we've got one that's created a bit more contention, but maybe that will settle as she starts to get her messages and her work out there. I don't know mm. the answer to that because I mm. don't know her from before this period. But she was certainly up against some very, very inspiring leaders who are creating massive social change. So the fact that she was quite contained within her own agenda yep. and book and industry and job and everything else mm. was really different than most of the others who are more working for community. Mm. I, I was thinking about that. I agree. I was like, huh, who? Oh, cool. Like amazing group of people that are nominated, of course, um, and everything else. But is that actually, is the bit different, contentious, how do you do things a bit quietly or differently? Maybe that is the part of our identity that we need to talk about. Like yep. it's elevating people. Like maybe there's something in that, even yep. though it's trying to, you know, trying to see through that yep. um, or think through that is, do we want the, you know, popular, well-known people that yep. are great? Or, yep. do we, or do we want a, someone different who's achieving some great stuff? in a different way that's outside the main sphere. The other part of it, we have to admit, yep. is that 
um, last year to follow Dylan Orcott. I, I mean, you know how I feel about Dylan. Like, <laughs> it's, a broman- it's a bromance. It's a bromance. I think it's, it's okay to use bromance in twenty twenty three. Perhaps. But yeah, I keep I keep messaging him. He doesn't. He keep, I keep messaging Dylan, and he doesn't write back. So if you're listening, Dylan, I'm here. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> too much, too much, but always too much when it comes to Dylan Lockhart. But yeah. um, Dylan Lockhart is such a popular choice. I mean, he's a yeah. national legend hero. Yeah. Yeah, it's just such, it was such a great choice. Following on from Grace Tame, who so fundamentally was in a pinpoint moment when we started talking yeah. about respect at work and a different way of talking about sexual harassment, sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, totally sort of different personality to that. And following on from that was a guy who'd gone in, um, Dr. James... Uh, Muke, and I'll probably say his name incorrectly, mm. and he was the eye surgeon who's done all the work with prevention of pioneer research yeah. into that. And before that was the cave divers. Do you remember that? The oh, guys who went into Thailand. I do. Uh, Richard, Dr. Richard Harris and Dr. Craig Challen. And, and before that, if you could, it's just, it, there was just a string of Australians yep. that we went, wow, they're like the best that we can be. Yep. You know, and, I, and I think, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see um, with openness um, that Taryn can hold that stage in such great esteem because you know even back to people like rose batty i mean what an extraordinary story she put a whole emotional well-being on the line to create a conversation that was very different than we'd ever had in domestic violence yeah and i think that's a big part of it or two bit two bits to it one is the platform that all those people you mentioned that we know had before they won the award yeah but i feel like for this one for me is basically all about the platform that might be built after it yeah. Like I don't see the one before it and that's yeah. okay. I'm not saying it's not great, Very but now I'm ready to see it. Yeah. We now, after a string of really fantastic Australians of the year, we, we actually look at that award yep. and say, make the best of it. Do something really special because we're so inspired by so many in a row. Yeah. I think we're waiting for it. But having said that, we just want to go briefly across to Australian identity because yep. it is a really important part of work. When we talk about diversity identity and diversity at work and everything else, Australian identity is actually one of those closed sort of conversations we haven't really got back to. And you go out to people like Shelley Rays, as, as we both know, a friend of ours, who has had a phenomenal decades-long mm. crusade to talk about Australian identity and what it really means, um, and done such a good job of framing that. Um, when we look across Australians of the year this year, it did really give you a point of reflection of we need to start talking about our identity and who we can really be. And it doesn't need to be a fractious conversation. It's a yep. very inclusive one. Yep. And I was um, blown away by the Senior Australian of the Year, Professor Tom Carmer. He has a lifetime's work in human rights and social justice advocacy, um, a phenomenal Aboriginal elder um, with more than 45 years working in local communities. Just mm. just mind-blowing. And so you're sort of going, wow, that's, that is amazing to look at those sort of people who've got that lifetime of work. And are yep. still making massive difference. One of the, the main um, authors of The Voice at the moment. Then you look across the young Australian of the year. Awa Marble is actually, he's a professional soccer player. So he's a sports yep. guy. And we, we do all ah, of I know who it is people. by name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very famous. Uh-huh. And, and he's co-founder of Barefoot to Boots. And has done a whole lot of work in mental health and well-being and being able to talk about it. Yep. He's used his own background, absolutely. But very much amplified the voices of many other people. Yep. You just look at him and you go, wow, this guy is so young. And he's already got a lifetime of work that most people will be proud of to have in a lifetime. So yep. another really, really great example. Um, and his background, he actually uh, comes from Sudan. So he's got a, a coming into Australia sort of story, which is always incredibly inspiring. People have done so yeah. well. And then the last one was the local hero, Amar Singh. And if you haven't heard him, him speak, 
Go and Google him, find him and hear what he talks about. When you look across those four Australians of the year, just visually, which is always lovely to see visual diversity, but equally the way they talk, the way they're spending their lives, the things they're having an impact on. Um, we won't do it justice in five minutes talking about them, but go to the Australian of the year.org.au, have a look at their stories, listen to them, hear what they've got to say and how they want to pitch this country into being who we are, who we could be, not not for a moment forgetting who we have been, bring that history forward, but really starting to have a voice that is inclusive of all of us. And I just think the four of them together are really a beautiful representation of what Australia is and could be. Absolutely. Now let's go to topic two. Now this is one that we're coming at from two different angles. One yep. angle is this, you wanted to talk about hedonic treadmill. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting expression and stuff. We've looked at it a bit and seen it as hedonic adaptation as well. I think I'm getting that right. Um, and what that theory is about positioning people repeatedly um, that they return to their baseline level of happiness. So something happens, I get back to it. Something happens, I get back to it. It's just thinking through the cycle of that, how quickly that happens, how good and bad things happen and what impact does it have and do we return to the baseline? And what it really got me thinking about is does the baseline, can it go up? So can you make that better? If you always return to it, don't you want to make it better? Yeah. Or if you go, if, if communication becomes so dramatic, yep. Yep. <laughs> then what happens is you sort of go this rise of, it can be fear, catastrophizing something, yeah. it can be excitement or joy, whatever it happens to be. That really high emotion back to the same baseline yep. is a big fall if it's really high all the time. So you really go, yep. high, very low, high, yep. very low. And it's like, whoa, that, that is quite exhausting. Yep. And I um, spent yesterday working um, the whole day in a regional area with a whole special schools community. Yes. And to talk to them, there's something about all of us that are being shown this catastrophizing news, this overwhelming news, this dramatic news in such staccato bite-sized pieces all the time. Absolutely. You just coming at you all, all day every day and you watch the news it's like two seconds of a story and then we're trying to grab in to it and engage in the mm. conversation but we don't really know anything about it we just got two sentences and now we're trying to have the conversation we're not really informed on it so it's it's mm. not really engaging in big conversations it's just mm. overwhelming us and the teachers and, and teachers aides that work with the, these these kids and, and young adults mm. um we're just a, they were also talking about this ability of those of us who can't moderate that over information overflow yeah what what happens to them and what does that affect their mood their behavior their ability to learn that mm. day all those sorts of things mm. they're actually recommending to parents that you do not watch the news in the morning do not read the news to your kids in the morning just let them go news free yep. into the school day just let them be a kid or a teenager think about school think about what they're getting out with their mates and, and what they're learning don't have to be world peace every single day for every kid don't want to show age. I remember the first computer we ever received. That was not a laptop. It sat on a desk and it had a hard drive. I remember all these things. It had a floppy disk. And you know how we got access to more information than we'd ever had in our lives before? Encyclopedia Britannica CD-ROMs. And you know what that means? There's a control point. You can switch it off again. You could eject the disk. You can't do that with the volume of information. You can't look at it, control it, validate it debrief it think about it rationalize it irrationalize it, any of that you are literally addicted to this flow of info and maybe it's not a good thing if the info is bad 
I agree with that. And then the last piece of it um, that we sort of, it comes back to the work Mm. context, is that when people are having communication campaigns or things that they want to do with their team, what they keep doing with it is just let's do more. Let's consult more. Let's stakeholder manage more. Let's ask more questions. Let's add things and get more feedback. And, And sometimes you get so much that you would have been better if you just got out and said, look, not sure how what you, what's going on in your life or your, your day-to-day. Some information here if you need it. So it's transparently available. Yep. But don't bury people in it. So the email they get or the message they get or the intranet message they get, it's just a sentence to saying, if this is an interesting topic for you right now, jump in. Yep. And if it's not, don't. Yeah. <laughs> it will wait there for you. And it, I think that mm. that way of making communication accessible without making it force-fed into people... Yep. Just can just take back this overwhelm and let people be a bit deeper in the work that they're doing, deeper in the relationships that they're forming mm. around them at work with, whether it be a customer or whether it be with a colleague, mm. and just starting to stop. I need to do an email. I need to do a message. I need to respond all the time. Actually, just stop being distracted. If I say to you, you are overloaded with information, I reckon that's a safe bet that people would generally go, yeah, there's too much. Yeah. And I say the best way to do that is more quantity. Yep. Doesn't make sense. Right, and so there's got to be quality and a bit of timing and a bit of luck yeah. to make things work. And a lot of time when we're advising on comms, what we will say is, mm. let's look at what you're doing. Yep. Let's take away two thirds. Correct. To put back a new third. Yep. So you still only end up with less than you had. Yep. But now it's more relevant and important. Better, way better. Much better strategy. And to topic three, where we just talk about some really good work. And we wanted this week to go back to the blog we wrote last week. Yes. Because we've had heaps of comments about it. Yep. And we're not political. So that's the other thing to remember. We're very invested in particular political or social conversations, but we're not party political or something like that. So the examples that we gave, the Andy Murray one we explained in a fair bit of detail. I thought Mm -hmm. it was just fabulous. I mean, you watched that. Mm Mm-hmm. Tied it up his bag, four o'clock in the morning, yeah. six hour game. Yeah, wild. Set the pace and then gave a speech about let's look after the ball boys. Yeah. And girls, sorry. Yeah. Loved it. Ball kids. They're yeah. called ball kids. Okay. Ball kids. And in some tournaments around the world, they're like a lot older than kids. But in this one. They are kids. They are kids. They've got an age of them, haven't they? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, ball kids, spectators, referees, and really yeah. spoke to them being you know, even harder than the players, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. But what we saw immediately after those actions he took as a leader, yep. without chatting about, oh, and then I picked up my bag, he didn't say any of that. He just did it, mm-hmm. is we saw 48 hours of everyone else doing the same thing. Yep. So you could almost see people picking up their stuff and walking, oh, God, I forgot to go back and yeah, yeah. tidy up my what stuff. What would Andy do? What would Andy do? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And then we talked about Anthony Albanese, and this is an interesting one because um, with love or hate a politician, love or hate politics, the Anthony Albanese example, and the reason that we used it and it was so important to mm. use is because he didn't go in to solve a complex problem and say, hi, I've arrived, I have the answer. Yeah. What he said when he got out of the car is he said, I'm going to go and talk to some people. In other words, this is a complicated problem. It isn't about my solution, my ideas. It's about listening to people on the ground close to the problem and, the, mm. and probably the solutions and doing something with them and hearing their advice on where it could go. And that is dealing with a complicated problem. You never, one person knows the answer. It's always, you need eight different perspectives, eight different examples, eight different lived experiences at least. And you've got to understand the people who came before you were also very clever and well-intended. Mm. So what what can you do differently? You need to hear history and also understand where it could go. Yeah. So that's why we used it as an example because it was such a humble approach to solving complex problems it's not a blank sheet of paper and i'm not a hero yeah 
And then we've already talked about the lifelong work of, of Tom Karma. So the 45 mm. years of working with the life expectancy of Indigenous Australians and being so committed to a lifelong body of work to change that yeah. is, you know, due recognition Senior Australian of the Year this year, but just such a, you know, probably most Australians don't know his name mm. and yet he's been so instrumental into a change in thinking and a change in approach for so long. We, we mentioned the foresight and vision of Shelley Rays and we mentioned her at yep. the beginning of this podcast. This is a person who's famous for her TED talk now of how to do an acknowledgement to country that actually is meaningful and, yeah. and um, real, uh, but is actually decades in reconciliation, etc. Um, looking at Australian identity, encouraging us to have a debate about who we could be and the optimism and possibility of what sits there. And that sort of work, she will have been talking to that into a black hole for a long time. Then it starts to get received. Then it starts to get criticised. Then out the other side, we all go, of course we should talk about that. But we've had, she said, two decades or something of getting us to that conversation. And the last one we mentioned in there was Craig Foster. And I thought Craig Foster, he was New South Wales Australian of the Year. He's part of Eddie Road community, which we know well. He was a Socceroos captain. He's a sporting hero um, at the elite level, etc., etc. But he's done all this work for refugees. And even it was so interesting to watch his social media feed on what he talked about coming up to Australian of the Year because he didn't talk about, oh, wow, I'm so humbled. (laughs) He actually talked about... It's really important that we get this Iranian man who's on death row over there, that we get some media for him and save his life. Yep. He Right up to it, we wanted to talk about that. He wanted to talk about how to, the things he's always talking about, which is human rights and basically using sport to, for good because we're all so en- engrossed in it. How can mm. you use that platform for good, for human rights? And I think that that sort of example where... He's in this big award thing and it's all very pompous and everything else and clever. But he was talking about the issues that he puts his body on the line for. And I think the clarity around that is when you see people go, I can't believe I'm being criticized for being woke or I can't believe I'm being criticized for not doing enough. That's who you're up against. You're up against Tom Karma. You're up against Shelley Rays. You're up against Craig Foster. This is the people who people are looking at and going, actually... That's pretty impressive. Yeah, those great leaders are not leading for themselves. They're leading for everyone else and then doing it when the camera's not on. They do it all the time. Yep. Yep. Not just when the camera's on. That's exactly right. And when the camera's on them, they're using it for other people. Yep. Exactly. Even more than before because they get that it matters, but they're doing it as soon as nothing changes when it turns off. Platform to do the right thing for other people. It's like, wow. It's just, it's incredibly inspiring. And it isn't for a minute. It's time after time after time and they do create social change yeah you know decades of conversations more than one decade of conversation has now got us to a conversation on australian identity but you've got to give credit to the people who've had 20 years 30 years 40 years of conversation to get there maybe even longer that's it from us today um look forward to seeing everyone next week but in the meantime um thanks for listening and as we like to close out keep listening to each other, to yourselves and your own intuition, but also to us. Thank you. Thank you.